But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys. Fatty. Fatty. And Big Bry. And Big Bry. What's going on, everybody? I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates, and always with me is Big Bri. Big Bri, can you hear me, bud? I got you. Yes, sir. All right. So let's do this, all right? We have a week one win in the books for your Cleveland Browns, but we start off our show, as always, thanking Harold Keel in the Lake Erie APA. Bri, I got the shirts. I got the hoodies. We're ready to go, buddy. So I got Sweet. a bunch of large shirts, extra large couple two X's, a uh, couple hoodies that we will be, few of those will be giving away for our fantasy football league, but a couple of those will be giving away just randomly throughout our shows here in the next few months. So James, what's going on? All right. So what's up, James? Show, we are going to get into the Browns win over Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. We're going to, Hallelujah. We're going to look forward to the uh, New England Jets coming to town. Uh, Fat Boy Tuesday, which we can choose whatever the hell we want for Fat Boy Tuesday. And we're doing everything non-Cleveland sports. So favorite teams, favorite coaches, favorite players that are not Cleveland players. And then we are going to follow it up with top three game-winning moments that we have enjoyed through our time. So it's going to be a great show today. Uh, Bri, do you have any shout-outs for today, big fella? <sighs> I do not. I mean, I could shout out the Browns, but we'll spend all shows shouting out, uh, you know, the efforts that they gave and finally getting the monkey off their back, but nothing particular. All right. Uh, I got a couple shout outs to give. I got a shout out to my mama. She bought a new house. She'll be moving into Columbus here soon, along with my sister. So congratulate her for her new house. She's all sorts of excited. Uh, I got to congratulate my dad who has, Upgraded from a flip phone, Brian. He is now wow. a user of an iPhone, and he hates everything about it. Sure. But it's all about technology. And then other than that, I got to shout out my baby sister. Uh, her and I have been talking. My dad's birthday is coming up, so we're trying to do something special for his birthday. Um, other than that, we have just been grinding here at the house uh, between school and work and everything else. So... And then Jose's here. Jose's going to give you a whole bunch of grief. I've been hearing I can't it. Can't wait. I've been hearing it for four days. And I told him, I said, you know something, Jose? I could just give you the link and you could just come in and we could do story time with Jose. Uh-huh. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> just got to tell Loveless, tell Lovely that I love him. But, um, you know, he loves watching the show and everything. And he, uh, he's he talking trash about the Bears. No, he's not talking trash about the Bears. He's really? Talking- about uh baker mayfield and it's bacon mayfield yeah. yeah well who won the game and Baker mayfield got a touchdown on your defense so that's what he's kind of yeah that's what i it 
it's Bacon Mayfield. I don't know what to say. I like that. I like it. Let's change his name. <laughs> Bacon Mayfield? He'd be a lot cooler to me if he changed it to Bacon. I mean, you know, something sounds like a great porn name, too. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. There we go. Next to the main stage, Bacon Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he needs to go stripping at the barn. Heck yeah, we love the barn. <laughs> and we still got to come up with that, Bri. We'll do it. We really do. All right, so we got Harold out of the road. We do have a, a legal ham fantasy football update. All right, your fat guy coming swinging hard. I was down 60 points, Bri, and came back for a win against your boy, Roder. Uh-oh, oh, who, who'd you have? Oh, yeah. I had last night, I had... Uh, Judy, and let's go to the Fantasy Football League. I had Judy going last night, and scoreboard, uh, Judy and Javante Williams. Okay. Yeah, Javante had, what, like 11 catches I heard today? All right, on top, Fats, happy endings, beat Team Big Rod, 110 to 106. Uh, Wow, it was close. uh Uh-huh. Wonder Years beat Portage County's Prostitutes. Prostitutes 135 to 123. Uh, Dogtown Boys 143 to 121 over Team Span. Uh Team Big Meat 110. And the Lyman Lounge 108. Wow. Uh, Giggles, who had, looks like, nope, she didn't have top score. You, You played the top score. Giggles beat Harold. 152 to 109. The fantasy football team beat Baldy Locks 121 to 85. Mm-hmm. And Bry, you got your ass kicked. You lost 170 to 104. Holy hell, Juice got a hold of you, didn't you? Who did Juice have? He's so I got a message Justin and Jeff- I right, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. I mean, he. So his team was auto-drafted, and I get a message from him, and I'm reading it at like 4 o'clock this morning. And I, I I didn't really read the whole thing, but I guess I need to send him another link because he can't log in. So oh, he's amazing. doing all this based on auto-draft, based on you know the computer setting his lineup. So I still give him credit. I don't want to take credit away from him, well, I mean, but um, we got to get him going. He had Daniel Jones, Swift, Montgomery, Justin Jefferson, Diggs. Uh, let's see here. A.J. Brown, Tampa Bay's defense, and Denver's yeah. kicker. Yeah, his his and wide receivers alone probably scored yeah. 100 points. Between Jefferson and Brown, that was 70 points right there, and Diggs. Yep. So that was yep. 100 points right yep. there just for them. Right, right. So, and, I mean, while it was probably maybe better for him that he went on uh, – Auto draft because all of us are worried about drafting quarterbacks, and he just took the best guy available, and he got all those stud receivers. And I mean, uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, doesn't look help out. Had Dak Prescott go down like a sack. Of that's day. true, right? I did have Dak, and that well, and that sucks too because I kind of screwed myself because I just have to ride it out unless I want to drop Dak. I can only roster two quarterbacks. So yeah. So last night when I checked the score before the uh, wonderful comeback win for the fat guy. Um, I was down 106 to like 60, I think it was. And I needed Javante Williams and Jerry Judy to, and the tight end, Denver's tight end to score me some points. I had three players last night. 
Let's see here. Javante Williams got me 20 points. Judy got me 21 points. And the tight end got me eight points. So that got me enough. That's just enough to get in front, baby. So I'll take it. That's tough because I think I beat uh, I think I beat Mark in another league by a couple points, and I had Jerry Judy too. So he's not having the best of weeks. That's all right. You know he'll deal with it. It's a legal hand. He'll deal with it. He'll be all right. Um, All right, Brian. Do you have a trivia for us today? Yes, I do. Let me let me bring up our little uh, trivia banner here. Hold on. And our trivia is brought to you by Papa V and Curb Get a hold of Papa V at Curb Appeal419.com for all your landscaping needs. All right, Brian, hit me up with that trivia for today, please. Okay, here we go. So we just uh, faced the former number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield, former Cleveland Brown. Um, and I am looking for the amount of the number of top 10 picks in the NFL draft that are on your Cleveland Browns roster. Number of top 10 picks. Guys drafted in the top 10 of the NFL draft that are on the Browns roster. That are on the Browns roster right now. Correct. I think I could do it. Could that. be tricky. It might be tricky. Uh, it could be tricky, but if I feel like being an a-hole, maybe I'll make it tricky, but I'll accept a couple answers. No, no, no. It's all right. I, I think I got it. I think I got it. Okie doke. I mean, I probably don't, but it's all right. <laughs> all right, Brian. Guess what? I worked on it. Now, did you see our new intro? All right. A little bit of it. Caught yeah, the end. I have to edit the video and all that stuff. I'm still working in the process of that, but I did get this done, Bri. It's time for your like that. Do you like that? Get down with that. A little club yep. music. a boy. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, your Cleveland headlines is your Cleveland Guardians are red, freaking hot right now. They swept the ten- Twins. They came back and beat L.A. of Anaheim last night. Pujols is still hitting home runs like crazy, trying to get to that 700 mark, Bry. He's trying to get there. He's I'll almost there. there. Taste it. But guards are on fire right now. They needed that sweep against the Twins. That means the five-game set coming up against the Twins, they gave themselves some breathing room and can actually not relax, but they can pretty much put their foot on their throats if they needed to and then kind of close out this uh, season and win the AL Central. All right, Bryce, so how are you feeling about your Gardos now, buddy? Yeah, you love it. You love seeing it. I mean, uh, they're on the upswing, taking care of business against the teams they have to take care of business against. It's the Twins, it's the White Sox. That's the only teams we care about right now. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun watching them. I haven't had a chance to watch a ton of their games, to be honest. I've kind of flipped over to 
football mode and not like I could watch it anyways with uh, Bally Sports being on only maybe a couple places. But uh, that's a different conversation. But, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that they're, they're able to do this and their starting pitching is really in shambles kind of just because yeah. – but we're still without Savale. We're still without Plesek, and uh, they're just kind of their bullpen is just solid right now. Their bullpen is pulling it out for them. If they get a couple run lead, that bullpen is grinding it out. Was it today or tomorrow that they're just having like a bullpen day? Right? I think it's tomorrow. Tomorrow they're having tomorrow. A yeah, they're just starting some dude who's a relief pitcher and uh, just gonna. I mean, and I think they won their last one that they did that. So. Well, yeah, by hook or by crook, they're doing it. Do you know, trivia for you, do you know who the starting pitcher was that game? What, the last game they won their bullpen mm-hmm. start? Yeah, I heard it, but I don't think I knew the name. Well, I thought, wasn't it Brian Shaw started the one? Oh, was it? Well, if it was Brian Shaw, I know that name. I think it was Brian Shaw. Then they brought in a younger kid that went like four innings, scoreless innings after Shaw. Could be. I love Shaw. Shaw's my guy. I think he gets a bad rap. I think he gets a bad rap, too, for being that old, still pitching 95 and still hitting the corners. I mean. Quality innings. (laughs) That's all you need. You need like two innings out of him. That's all you get. Right. I mean, it's like, hey, just like uh, Giambi at the end of his career. Here, Tito, hold my cigar. I got this at bat. All right. Thank you. <laughs> you know, oh, use one of those. Yep. All right, Brian. Don't need much. Uh, the other Cleveland headlines that we have is a place near and dear to our heart, Brian. Just had their lupus pig roast this weekend, and they had a blast. Mr. B's had their lupus pig roast. Uh, they sold so much food. I got some of the pig. They had pig. They had ribs. They had anything and everything barbecued it was 30 dollars a ticket i should have shouted it out last week and that was my fault but also another place that we really liked to go to my corner bar came out with their new fall menu and every sunday bry during browns games at starting at 11 o'clock they got a bloody mary bar and they have pig skin sliders on sale so the pig sliders, from what I saw, was a very nice thick piece cut of ham slider with cheese topped with an onion ring on top of it. And I think you got like four or five of them on the plate. So, but mm. yes, they uh, they got their prime rib specials back. They got their uh, it's fall menu time for them. So they got a lot of good stuff. And please go check out uh, my brother's backyard barbecue sauce. Delicious. Brian, and I definitely love it. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, Bry, let's get into it, bud. Let's get into our Cleveland Browns. We got finally a week one win, Bry. Cool. It wasn't pretty like we were expecting. It had some fun moments, had some bad moments. But, Bry, we have a kicker. We have a kicker, Bry. Sure Re- as hell do. Repeat that back to me. We Damn right. Have- a kicker k york kicks a 59 or 58 or 59 yard game winning field goal <clears throat> and depending on where you're sitting he hooked that thing in like john daly hooking it into a green what mm. a kick by that kid but brian let's get, break down this game the first couple quarters were kind of like mm-hmm. and obviously the game plan was kind of iffy um break down the first half of what you saw 
good and bad about the first half, bud? The, the first half was great. I mean, other than uh, other than Brissett, you know, maybe not being as accurate as he would like to be, the defense was unbelievable. Um, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, uh, maybe later. The Panthers really had zero success, other than a play here, a broken play there, um, you know, busted coverage, whatever. Uh, the defense was phenomenal, and, and the offense did enough. They they stuck to their guns. They ran the ball, and they had a lot of success doing that in the first half. Now, the Panthers probably kind of switched it up, and they saw that Brissett wasn't uh, wasn't doing great, and they were only getting success with Chubb and Hunt, so they kind of stacked the box even more than what they were doing. But I, the, I, I felt great about that first half, um, and I was really excited going into halftime, especially with the uh, the final drive that they had at the end of the half to drive it down and get it damn near another touchdown and, and have to settle for a field goal. I just I felt like we were in total control. We certainly controlled the game clock. They just couldn't do anything. They had countless three and outs in the first half. And, uh, yeah, it, it was fun to watch. Um, you know, I guess we'll we'll discuss the elephant in the room with Brissett and his, uh, his accuracy at, at some point. But um, everything else was spot on, exactly how I was hoping it will go. Boy, Jose is just fly. I've never seen Jose type this much. Said you're lucky to win that game. Better thank God you have a ticket um kicker uh give me at oh, least kicker. the first half suck for you guys and you mean <laughs> bakersfield touchdown and yep. he is just bacon he, oh i thought it was bacon, bacon uh, <laughs> no it's i the first half caught me off guard i'm like yeah we could rush the ball on him at any point in time bry and for me it was like one of those ho-hum first halves like you're watching it and next thing you know it's halftime you're like all right well we're yeah, it wasn't exciting yeah there was nothing like we had exciting moments. Like, you know, first half was very bad for Baker Mayfield. I know that. I mean, between the defense and everything else that was happening there, fumbling snaps, you know, throwing the interception, it just kind of, I thought he was going to snowball out of that. It was, it was not good. And I thought they kind of set him up to fail right out of the gate because you got Christian McCaffrey. What are you doing? Doing a three-step drop and trying to throw it over top of six-foot guys when you're you know, six-foot-eight guys when you're six-foot. But, but Jacoby Brissett still a little concerned. We'll get into that here a little bit later. Still a little concerned about some wide receivers. But with that running game and that offensive line, Bry, you could do no wrong. Even the tight ends stepped up. Njoku, Bryant with the blocking. Um, Teller. Oh my God, Wyatt Teller. That kid is just something special. And all we had to do was just let Brissett be a game manager. And to see the way the first half ended, like you said, could have got a touchdown, but you know, we settled for three points. Um, it was it was actually just it was a it wasn't a clean first half, but it was first half enough to kind of establish the game, like you said, we're gonna run the ball, we're gonna control the clock. And you're just going to have to come back and beat us is what it kind of set up to be. And that's kind of where we start off with the second half because second half, you know, third quarter pretty much was all defense again. And then, you know, the fourth quarter, Baker finally started connecting on a few passes and 
<laughs> and getting some luck plays. And I'm not saying we didn't get some luck plays because a couple of those um, penalties there at the end of the game, I think were kind of like, okay, like a little wishwash. I understand the rule for roughing the passer, but it was like, I looked at it and I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, all right. You gave us one. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then trying to take it's about, one. it's about time. They give us one. I mean, oh, I how many times do we see it going against us and it costs us the game. So, I mean, I'm I'm not going to apologize for getting a couple bad calls because the roughing the pass against Tavon Bryant was a joke. Um, mm-hmm. How many times did Baker Mayfield put the ball on the floor and he got it back every time? So no. it could have been a lot worse than what it was. I mean, I know we kind of blew it defensively at the end, but um, we were in total control of that game. We had no business even having it that close. Yeah, and, you know, like with – them getting down to there in the last little bit. And I thought, I thought Baker fumbled it again right there at the end. He, thank God he pounced on it because if he didn't, that would have been game over. Oh, yeah. But it was. It, it, are you talking about the Garrett sack where like he, no, he no, fumbled no, it about, and then, oh. I'm talking about the one right at the end when they're like second and 11 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Right. He, he muffed the snap and just kind of fell on it. And then they just did a little quick draw and then made the field goal just take the lead. But, I mean, Brian, mm-hmm. it, it was really – it was a good game. And the Browns fans showed up everywhere. Did you see all the pictures of the tailgaters down there? Like, mm-hmm. half the stadium was full of Browns fans. Like, it awesome. was unreal. And, honestly, the people we know, Nats tailgaters was down there having a blast. And they were just hamming up. Red Leg made the trip down with his wife for Sweet. the game. So, they said a lot of people showed up. So, what did you think about the second half and how the Browns closed it out? Yeah, the third quarter was kind of similar to what was going on in the first half. And then uh, the fourth quarter, they just, uh, I don't know. We we talked so much about last year how Baker is such a momentum player. And he got one pass to, I think it was um, DJ Moore. And I don't know why, but for some reason, Denzel Ward was playing like seven or eight yards off. And it was just a quick like slant. And DJ Moore just had an easy catch, and he ran it. And it got maybe 10 or 15 yards, and it just looked like a prototypical Baker play where he just kind of takes a snap, has his one read, and he just fires it to that guy. And he was, you know, the corner was so far off that he couldn't really make a play on it. So he got that. He, he started feeling it, and it, I, I got a little worried at that time. I'm not going to lie that, uh, okay, well, let's nip this in the bud right now because – We've seen that Baker can start catching fire. You know, we kind of had him padded down and and he wasn't doing anything for the first half. But all it takes is a couple positive yards for him, be it on a screenplay with McCaffrey where they got that huge chunk at the end of the game, um, or Baker's scramble up the middle to get him fired up for a touchdown. You know, he just needs a couple plays to start getting that confidence, which – Clearly, he did not have in the first half. He was no, just kind of like – he was – I don't know. You can tell me he wasn't shaken, but the Browns just had a great game plan. Hey, this guy, we've seen him play X amount of games over the last few years, and we know you just sit back. If you can't get to him on a pass rush, you just sit back and you just read his eyes and you jump up and bat it down. Now, Clowney batted down a couple. I think Winfrey had one. Alex Wright had one where he batted it down and 
you know, you could just see Baker get more and more frustrated. But um, uh, he was, yeah, in that second half, he was he that big play to um to Anderson. I mean, it was just he had enough time. He was wide open, and we had a busted coverage. And uh, yeah, he started making things happen after that. Started feeling himself a little bit. Yeah, and you know. I'm kind of glad he started getting his confidence at the end because, at, like you said at the beginning, man, they were swatting down balls like crazy. Oh, you I loved see, it. That was great. You could just see him, like, go into a shell, and I'm like, oh, boy. Like, I just started, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, here we go. All right, let's – and I thought they were going to control it. For, now, the one thing I did love seeing, finally, Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield together. How awesome was that to see together and watching how they controlled those two in the backfield together. It was unreal, especially, like – the one where they um, Hunt went out for the screen pass and Chubb stayed there, took the draw, and went off to the left side. Like, they didn't know what to do. Like, when you have that, you know, like you said, the 1A and 1B punch, and you're trying to guard people, you know, it's going to be hard to do that. And it was actually honestly nice to see Kareem Hunt have a really good game, especially with the passing touchdown and then that one hell of a rush at the the end. just broke through and he was gone. (laughs) <laughs> they're stacking the box with like nine guys. So you get through that first line. There was nobody there. Did you see the block that Wyatt Teller put on that? On uh-uh. real Bry. He chipped down. So they were running a stunt on him. He chipped the one guy right into the James Hudson. And then the linebacker that was coming around on the backside went face mask to face mask with him and pushed him off by like six yards. And that opened up the hole for hunt. I mean, okay. it was picture perfect. This guy, and thank God for John Dorsey finding this guy. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, he was just sitting on Buffalo's sidelines, like yeah. not playing nothing. And now he is a all pro. Like he is, I can't think of him enough. All right, Brian. So we had the scores from last week. And obviously I uh, got my uh, tuk-tuk kiss. I picked the Panthers 21-17. And I can honestly say the reason why I did that is, one, we have not won a home opener in forever. So the odds were kind of in my favor, but also I was still kind of concerned about Brissett and passing game. And that's, that's why I picked the Panthers to win because I thought with Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey, a couple of those check downs, a couple of screens, a couple of things of that nature go their way. I thought they could sneak out the win. And obviously I was wrong and I'm all right with being wrong. I'm happy about it because the Browns won. You weren't the only one. I mean, Vegas had them favored. So I mean, you know, there, there's a bunch of people that thought uh, with Brissett, the, the Browns just weren't good enough to beat them. But, yeah, I think I think people just vastly underestimate uh, the rest of the players on our team. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying people in the national media and kind of all around that uh, that aren't in the Cleveland area. They just you don't realize how good Nick Chubb was. You don't realize how good Kareem Hunt and Miles Garrett. I mean, we we probably won't even talk much about. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Miles Garrett today because it's just a given yeah. that they're going to show up and show out, and they did. Yes, and they did. what Nick Nick Chubb had 130, 140 yards rushing, and it's like, yeah, he didn't even bust off any like huge runs or anything like that. It was he, just kind of ten off, yards here. Yeah, he busted off some big runs, but not a huge run. Like he busted off a fifteen yarder, right? Yarder, right. Twenty yard, like he busted out some big ones, but man. Brian, watching that man run, it is a totally, totally different. Like it, 
it reminds me honestly of the old school days where you know three yards in a cloud of dust like he would be one of the he'd be adrian peterson that's what i see nick chubb being if it was three yards in a cloud of dust because i mean he he even if he gets touched he's still gaining six yards yeah yeah i i I don't know if i would trade him for any other running back in the league to be honest um i know there's guys like christian mccaffrey and Alvin Kamara that do different things, but between the tackles, when your quarterback's down, you know, you just give him the ball and you run him until he, he asks for a breather. And that's what they did. And can't tell you how many times it looked like, well, they're going to get him for a loss or maybe no gain. And he just keeps it turning and he'll get four or five yards out of it. And there's one time in particular, there's a guy coming around the backside, had him by the waist in the backfield and Chubbs just, his lower body is so strong. He just stepped right out of it. And I think he got a 10 yard gain on that. So stuff like that, you don't, doesn't show up in the, in the scorebook and, you know, Kareem hunts the same way. Um, you just, I, I wish, I wish they would find a way to get them the ball a little more creatively. And it was killing me. I, I, one of our last drives, I think when, um when we were up uh, by a couple points, 23 to 21, and we just had to keep running the clock. And it was third down. I'm screaming at the TV, run a screen, run a screen. Because we ran one other screen um, at the end of the first half with Kareem Hunt. And we got like 24, 25 yards. Like, run a screen pass to these running backs. It works. I don't know if they're afraid to use it too much because teams will start catching on. But it seems like every time we run a screen to Chubb or to Hunt and we get them out in space, I think back to the, the playoff game with, the Steelers and Chubb taking that one 40, 50 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, Kareem Hunt at the end of the first half, just get them, find it. You don't have to get them the ball up the middle every single time or, you know, on a RPO or kind of a, a counter or something like get Nick Chubb the ball out in space a little bit out towards the sidelines where he doesn't have, you know, four or five guys that he has to shake to get around him. So, that would be my one gripe with uh, with Zafanski and the play calling is, you know, they did a, a magnificent job trying to get Anthony Schwartz the ball um, and without throwing it to him and getting him with those end arounds and, you know, the reverses. They did a great job doing that. But, yeah, get Nick Chubb some room to maneuver and, and he can make things happen. So that was frustrating. I think if they just did that on the second second down or third down at the end of the game, they could have kept the sticks moving and, you know, Baker wouldn't have had a chance to uh, come back and lead them to a potential game-winning field goal. Yeah. Uh, Brian, we have uh, – Dearness Johnson was inactive that game. Uh, Chris is asking if it's trade bait. Um, sure. We Yeah, I, it, it can be. It could also be the matchup, especially with wanting to showcase either that or keeping him fresh. That could be it, too, because, I mean, if you're going out the first game running Chubb and Hunt the way you did, which they did get a lot of snaps with each other, you can come back here with the Jets and kind of wrinkle in something else with Uranus. It might be trying to keep some legs fresh just in case. Um, also, well, when, when you're talking about, like, a third-string um player and that's what Darius Johnson is he's our third string running back you almost need those guys for special teams and he really doesn't play special teams so you look at um you look at Ford who who returned kickoffs 
And you look at uh, Felton, who returned punts, which you know, <laughs> wasn't a great showing. But those two guys are, are fourth and fifth running backs, but they actually contribute on special teams, whereas Dearness Johnson, he's basically just a running back. So yeah. uh, it wasn't super surprising. But at the same time, you know, that's why I was kind of saying, you know, before the season starts, try to shop them. Maybe they did and just couldn't find a taker or couldn't find anybody willing to give up anything. So they figured we might as well hang on to him. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, inactive for a couple more games. Uh, we also got a reminisce of the 85 Bears running back. Uh, uh, from, what was his uh, name? Uh, Walter Payton. McMahon. McMahon. Oh, Oh, Who yeah, was he it? wasn't bad. I think didn't he? He made a Pro Bowl or one, I, one I couple. Think so. I think he might have won a Super Bowl. And right, I mean, it's not like he was Jim Brown or anybody, I mean, or Nick Chubb even. I mean, when you have the coach of you know that's God named Mike Dicka, I mean, of course you're gonna. You yeah, know, a cool nickname, I think. Right? No, was it? Was it? What was it? I can't remember. <laughs> you're so bad. I think it was sweetness, wasn't it? Oh, it could be. That might ring a bell. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. So uh, above average player in the 80s, you know, I give him high five for that. My guy, you know, Jose's pulling out his hair right now. You realize that. (laughs) I'll give him an aneurysm. All right. So, Bri, I put out a poll on Twitter that you do not know about. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. After watching Jacoby Brissett and this group, all right. After, how do you feel after a week one win? Amazing, just okay, still concerned, or other? Right now, Brian, we have two hundred and thirty-eight votes on that. So I want to know how you feel. See if you match up with the uh, Twitter poll. <laughs> Listen, I I've never been able to have a celebratory beer legally to celebrate an opening day win. <laughs> so I feel amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how other Browns fans' expectations have gone, but at this point, when you lose eighteen in a row, whatever it was, just get me the W, and I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to feel fine. Now, obviously, I have concerns going forward, but thankfully, the schedule makers favor the Browns, and we have a a couple of uh, winnable games coming up before we have too tough of a schedule. So my vote is for amazing. All right, so Twitter came out with 40%. 39% of the vote went just okay. Uh, 36, amazing. 22, still concerned. And then I have a 2% other. Those are the Baker pros, the other. Well, that's what you <laughs> think. But, I mean, we still have some concerns. I mean, uh, watching Percet this. Percet, oh, sure. You're allowed to have concerns. He's not going to win you a game at all there's no way that he is actually going to put the team on his back and go win you the game because he just i don't think he has the firepower to do it bry but you but you know what i think we found out on sunday he's not going to lose you the game no i think i think maybe that's why um that's why stefanski and this uh, coaching staff in front office like him because our quarterback lost us a lot of games last year this is guy yeah, he's not great, but it, how many turnovers did he have on Sunday? How many, you know, crippling plays did he have that cost us the game? Not really. I mean, he didn't make all the plays that he could have, but I think the Browns are betting on the other guys, the other 10 guys on offense, 
to uh, to win the game for them. Now, I do have to share something really funny with you, Brian. We're sitting there watching. I was at Rookies watching the end of that game, watching Cade York kick the winning field goal. And they how, pan- how, how crazy did it go? Oh, it was it was absolutely because what happened was was that it got quiet when they came down and took the lead, and especially sure. for the time they had left. Like, well, they got enough time if they can get it close. And we're sitting there and like, well, they're on the fifty yard line. Like, Send him out now. He can kick it from anywhere. Send him out. Like everybody was just like, just like kick it from seventy if you have to. Send him out there. So I'm sitting there laughing. The kick's done, and all of a sudden. <laughs> you pan over and you see just Baker Mayfield holding on to his shoulder pads like this, watching the kick go through. <laughs> and one guy behind me, and I I couldn't stop laughing. He goes, I know exactly what he's thinking right now. He goes, now you get a fucking kicker. Now you get a kicker. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun, it, it, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, rookies was packed. Everybody was just having a blast and you know, to be honest, Brian, we got to get into our big O of the week, okay? And I kind of have two of them, and I kind of want to get them off first. My first big O of the week, your boy, Donovan Peoples-Jones Jr. He made every contested catch. I mean, he was blanketed on a couple of those to get the drives going. He played one heck of a game, Brian. He actually blocked on a lot of them, but my real big O – James Hudson, and I don't think you would ever hear me say that, but for Conklin to be out, for Hubbard not to play, and for him to come in and plug in right there on that right side next to Teller and play a really good run-blocking game, I got to give him kudos, Bri. I mean, that's that's what we drafted him for, and I am so glad it happened. I mean, obviously, we got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I, I tried to go somewhere else where most people won't watch. And if you get a chance to watch his game tape, Bri, he did one hell of a job. He really did. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you didn't hear his, his name much other than uh, the legal man downfield at the end of the game. Other than that, you, you didn't hear his name a whole lot. So that's a good thing if you're an offensive tackle. Um, and now I'm with you. You know, yeah, I could pick Hunt. I could pick Chubb. In a, but – I'm not even be biased because I've been hard on him in the uh, in the preseason. But Peoples Jones stepped up. He was, you know, when Najoku was nowhere to be found, when uh, Cooper had an okay game, you know, th- some plays left out there, whether it be his fault or Brissett's fault. It seemed like Peoples Jones was his go-to guy, and it wasn't anything flashy by any means because he had what. 60 catches for, or six catches for 60 yards or something. But hey, it was it was dirty catches, Brian. I mean, it was in traffic, people draped all over him, and mm-hmm. he was making those catches because guess who can't make those catches? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Harrison Bryant had a job, a drop. So, I mean, the only people I really would say I trust their hands are Cooper and DPJ at this point mm-hmm. on our offense, to be honest, other than maybe Kareem Hunt or something. Um, so, yeah, so for him to get out there and uh, put forward that type of performance, and like you said, he was making some con- contested catches. They weren't like he was wide open, and they made him work for them all. But, um, but yeah, he made the catches when we had to have him, a couple third down plays, that one play on the final drive that was just gigantic. And 
for, for all the ripping we're going to do on Brissett, we got to give him a ton of credit for standing yeah. in there and delivering that ball. And, uh, but it, it had to be caught and it was by DPJ. So give both those guys credit. Um, yeah, he, he was my no brainer almost guy, uh, for offensive player, you know, outside of our, our hall of famers, Nick Chubb and, and hunt. Also, we got to throw is, is Cade York offensive? He's got to be offensive, right? Hey, special teams. Yeah, we'll That's throw him in there. Third offense, yeah. defense, special teams. No, we got just my, just not my day player, and I got a special one for that guy. Um, what about your big D of the week, buddy? Who is your big defensive player of the week? It's a guy who I, I feel like I gave it to a lot last year, and I was just impressed, and I don't think he gets nearly enough run, and that is Jadavion Clowney. Um couple batted down passes he was waiting you knew he he just was wanting to bat down baker's ball because it was probably easy for him because he watched it all last year and he's like man i could do that but then he also he got in there for a sack with togi and uh he had like a tackle for loss so again you know what you're gonna get with miles garrett you need other guys to step up and uh i thought he stepped up big and if he can continue to have that type of production i think our defense defensive line in particular will be spectacular my big d player of the week brian joe woods joe woods has orchestrated this defense and you know something last year i'll even be the first one in a minute after the first four games last year i wanted him gone i wanted him out of here i wanted nothing to do with joe woods but watching what he has done with this defense and how they play for him, especially this game, it's not that hard to have a great game plan against Baker Mayfield, who you've seen through practice. Christian McCaffrey, who you know is what's going to happen once you get the ball. But for him to go out there, rotate his entire defensive line the way he did with Winfrey, Togi, all those guys, and for the little wrinkles that he put in, just the little blitzes that he put in, especially the one where we got the sack with uh, John Johnson got in there for the sack, mm-hmm. you know, just little things like that. He did a really, really great job in neutralizing, especially in the first half, what Carolina wanted to do. And they couldn't do it. No matter what they tried to do, he told those guys get their hands up. They got their hands up, batted down the balls. They did exactly what they had to do to win that game. And Joe Woods, the orchestrator of it, and honorable mention, Tommy Togiai, go Bucks. <laughs> he, I mean, he had a half sack. Well, he had a couple of good plays, though. He had a half sack, but then also he had a couple of uh, tackles for losses. So, you know, it it's just this defense, Brian, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. This defense is special, and I think it's going to be getting more and more throughout the year once they start getting jelled together again. So, Brian, do you have a just not my day player of the week? I do, and – you know, I, I never feel good about calling any one person out, but I really believe, like, if it weren't for Grant Delpit, um, that this game probably would have been pretty darn close to a blowout, at least a two-touchdown game. Uh, I think of that first first half play against uh, Thomas, uh, Ian Thomas, the tight end, who got a 50-yarder down to the goal line, basically gave them their first touchdown when they couldn't do anything offensively. And then at the end of the game where, um, you know, all we needed was the Panthers to chew up some clock in very first play, 
they get a 75 yard bomb for a touchdown. So I'm going to give it to Delpit. I'm not in that defensive room, so I don't know if it really was his responsibilities for those two big plays. But um, I, I, in let me not look over his interception in the first half because that was a great play. Um, but yeah, I truly believe without those two plays, they maybe scored 10, 13 points. Um, and I think that just gave them all sorts of momentum. So it, it, another thing I didn't like about, you know, if you go back and watch that Robbie Anderson play, as soon as Anderson catches the ball, and I know Anderson's fast and you're probably not going to get him. But um, as soon as Anderson catches that ball and takes like one or two steps, Delpit's looking around like, come on, man, what are you doing? You know, that was supposed to be try to chase down the runner or something. You know, maybe he's he's a dumbass and he's holding his ball out by the uh, goal line and you can punch it free or something. No, he's already looking to blame somebody else rather than trying to finish the play. So I kind of had a problem with that. So be better, man. We need you. All right. My just not my day player of the week. Demetric Felton. Bry, all you got to do is catch it. You got to wave your hand like this. Hey, it's a fair catch. And just catch it. They can't touch you. If they do touch you, it's a penalty. Just catch the punt. Don't muff a punt to where an offensive lineman falls on it or whoever the hell fell on it. Just catch it. Just catch the punt. Wave your hand. You don't have to do anything spectacular. We are not expecting you to do anything spectacular. That's why we brought in a guy named Jakeem Grant, and he got injured. We just need you to catch the ball. Catch the ball. That's it. Sounds good. You need to do anything else. Just catch the ball. All right. So, Bri, we are up next against the Jets, and it's pretty much, I believe, the same kind of game plan. I mean, it's going to be muddy. You're going to be running. It's going to be defense. So what are you expecting out of this Jets game, especially with Joe Flacco as quarterback? I mean, what is it, 2012 again? Like, what? what's Joe Flacco doing quarterback in the Jets? No, don't don't speak too quickly. Go check out his record against the Browns. It's, it's not the best. So, But I understand. It was with Baltimore, and it was a different team, and he was much younger, so – uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's It's got to be the same type of game plan. Um, run the ball, don't turn the ball over, and play good defense. That's basically it. And you hope that Brissett is a little bit better. And I think he will be. I, I still, and a lot of people still question the fact that he didn't get a whole lot of playing time in the preseason. So basically, last week's game was like his preseason. So let him look at the tape. Yeah, and also you got to factor in first game jitters too. I mean, you're still sure. you're going to have that. He settled in, in the second half and started trying to settle in. But I, I really, I don't think the game is going to fall on his shoulders, Bry. But I think he's going to have a major part in this game because I think he is going to have to do a lot of third down passing, whether it be third and three, third and four. He's just got to get keep the chains going. Just do what you have to do. Keep it in front of you. The play action passes to Njoku, to, you know, Cooper, to Bryant, screen passes. Uh, I think that's going to be huge if they can actually do it right. And the one thing I was kind of upset not to see, like you were talking about the one screen pass to Kareem Hunt, just throw a screen. Like, why not a tight end screen to Njoku? He's athletic. He's big. 
he could have come right under. You could do a play action screen right to Njoku and get him some yards, at least get him some confidence with the catch and get him into the game a little bit. You know, it, it'll be, I think it's going to be a really close game too. Unlike I, I just, I have, it's the jets. I don't know what to think of the jets anymore. <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Or like the jets. I know, I know, I know, Bri. Or the jets, but at the same time, they can beat you. You yeah. can lose this game. This is not a hundred percent or a 90% game that you're going to win. I mean, it, no, it, if you're not ready, if you turn the ball over, you know, a couple times and you can't force them into any turnovers, you will lose this game. You, you're not that good. You're not the Buccaneers. You're not the Chiefs to where you can just kind of show up and, and get a 28-point lead in the first half and then uh, kind of cruise it away. But you're the better team. You should win this game. If you're focused, you will win this game. And, yeah, it, it, it's, it's the Browns fan of me. I, I can't celebrate these should be wins until they actually happen because I've seen them lose too many of them. All right. Brian, give me one key to this game and then we'll get our picks. One key for you. It's it's the same key as the Carolina game. Don't turn the ball over. Turnovers change the path of the game so much. And we saw it in the Cincinnati and Pittsburgh game. Um, it, It kept Pittsburgh in that game long enough to where, you know, you're you're having to deal with a backup snapper. You're you're missing short field goals. Oh, you know, they just kind of kept hanging around until they ended up winning the game, and they had no business winning the game. But oh, because God. of those turnovers, it kept them in it. Damn Pittsburgh Steelers. Which and, really might help the Browns in the long run because I don't think yeah. the Steelers are really going to be in contention for anything, but the Bengals probably will. What What was really funny as well was that the bar bry. I'm sitting here watching this. I'm like, if this comes to the tie and the Steelers get in the playoffs because of this bullshit tie, I quit. I quit the NFL. <laughs> I quit everything. No, I was rooting for a tie. <laughs> that is an awesome. So my key to the game is they got some really good running backs, Bry. They got Michael Carter. They got Brees Hall, who they just drafted. Stop the run and make Flacco beat you. See if he can beat you. And if that's the case, you got the top corners right now. You got Denzel Ward. You got Emerson. Greedy was out because Greedy's hurt again. Greedy's hurt again, by the way, Brian. Did you know he was hurt again? Greedy? That's what I heard. I think it was four weeks, I think. Yeah, he's hurt again. So, by the way, I have a feeling that might be something that pops up on trade deadline, too. Um, But Emerson, Newsom, and Ward, and especially with your safeties, I really do think that you just, you, you test it out. You stop that run, keep everything in front of you, and make Flacco try to beat you downfield. And I don't think he could do it anymore, Bri. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get our scores. Uh, you are up one to nothing on me right one now. One nothing in the picks and against the spread. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? All right. So what's the spread? Oh, I think six, six and a half. You don't even know the spread or we're playing against the spread. Well, I mean, right. it, uh, it, it depends on where you're looking. That's true. How about this? Like, if we spike a score, do we get an extra bonus point? What do you mean spike it? Like, nose it? Like, I right mean, on? If we nose it or the closest to it. Like, like if we nose that thing, like, if it's one point away. 
I'll 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 allow like getting it right on, but one point away, two points away, that kind of gets tricky. So I'll give you a bonus point whether you or I get it right on. All right, all right. So this week against the Jets, because you picked first last week, right? Sure. Yep. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to pick, and it's a home opener. I'm going to pick your Cleveland Browns to win twenty-seven. To 13 against the Jets. Okay, I like it. So right, that means right. you got them winning and covering. Yep. And I'm with you. I have them winning and covering. Uh, not very similar score. I have them 23 to 13. So, okay. again, I think the defense is going to step up and uh, only give up 13 points. All right, Bri. Well, it is time for... A little bit of Fat Boy Tuesday. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. All right, Brian. So Fat Boy Tuesday, we're not talking about food this week. We're getting a little in-depth here with uh, the way you and I fan out. All right. Because you can be fans of other teams, other players. And we're going to kind of just touch on that. Get everybody that's watching us, that has watched us, to know us little background into uh, kind of how we fan and our fandom. Um, so you came up with this, Brian. You were talking about coaches, teams, all that stuff. It doesn't matter who. Coaches, teams, players. You know, I even went as far as, like, stadiums that uh, that you think are pretty cool. What else? Uniforms. Any, oh, any uniforms that uh, you're kind of a fan of? Okay. So first off, let's go with uniforms. Uniforms first. Let's hear it. One of my fan favorites was last night, Bry. That lime green for Seattle. I don't know what it is. I love that color. I love that. I just, I don't know what it is. It's amazing. I love that one. And then I love the uh, 49ers, just the classic 49ers look. Now, this can this doesn't have to just be NFL. This can be college. This can be MLB. This can no, be NBA. Going, okay, I just you I I didn't know if you uh you know go for it. So let okay so the lime green last night for the Seahawks. All right, let's go NBA. My favorite NBA. Gotta do it because I was growing up the Bulls. Just that classic, just Chicago Bulls look. The uh, red, the red on the red mm-hmm. with. Uh, NCAA. Now, this is going to throw you for a loop, Bry. I like Baylor's colors. Oh, I thought you were going to say Michigan. No, no, no. With the the green, the white, with the gold helmet. Sure. It's really cool. And then, like, my my second throwback is West Virginia when they get in their coal color with the gray, the gray helmet, the just. Yeah. I told Hope, I'm like, I want that jersey so bad because I just think it looks so badass with the gray, with the yellow, with the blue in it, everything. Sure. Uh, baseball, my – I screw the pinstripes. I don't want to see the pinstripes. I like the <laughs> uh, I like the Diamondbacks jerseys, uh, especially with the uh, – the, especially the black ones. And then I also love the Red Sox jerseys when they – you know. It's just classic red sign. I don't the like red, the red ones or the, the gray red. ones or what? The red just ones. the red ones. Just the red gotcha. ones. You know you're playing Boston when that happens. Yep. Um, what about you? 
What uh, what are your some of your favorite jerseys? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I guess I have more NFL than I thought. A couple are just the standard Colts, the Colts blue. I think uh, like all blue, maybe color rush, just kind of classic. Um, I'm a fan of that. I even like uh, the Panthers. I like the Panthers black, the black and the Carolina blue. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. And then the throwbacks I like are. Tampa Bay, the creamsicle, oh, even though God. they're so terrible. I know. Um, and also, uh, Pat, the Patriot, the, the Patriots red is, That's you know, good. something that maybe we didn't appreciate at the time, but when they wear those throwbacks, it looks damn good. And let, let's go to what's Chris, Chris put in the Golden Domes of Notre Dame. Shut up. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> their their green jerseys are pretty cool. They're kind of like the Baylor ones you were talking about. I don't know if they yeah. wear them very often now, though. No. Um, like, is there like is there one college team that just like when you start watching them, you're excited to see that? Like, I know it's Oregon. I get Oregon, but like, you have the Penn State whiteout. You have the marquee games like Ohio State had with like the black jerseys, which I didn't like. But, you know, like, is there, like, a, a set of jerseys that just, like, when you're sitting there, you're excited to see no matter what happens? Yeah, it's classic, and it's, it's like, my favorite color. My favorite color of orange is uh, Tennessee, the Tennessee orange, the kind of like the Buccaneers with the creamsicle. Uh, I think that looks pretty damn good. Um, just classic, not a whole lot to it. And then they got the checkerboards and the uh, – Mm-hmm. in the end zones and in the stands with all the fans i think that's pretty cool too so uh yeah the white and the orange of tennessee and then just to round it out the other one i had down was uh also a classic look the celtics for the nba because oh, yeah. they're green oh, yeah. yeah maybe because my high school is green and white maybe that's why i like it but uh now, yeah just mis- clean something clean about it am i mistaken didn't celtics wear like a black jersey once like a black- oh yeah they've, they've worn black before yeah. sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause like what I was talking about with like the the Ohio State jersey, like they wore that black with the black helmet and everything, and I'm like, I understand why you're doing it, but no, this is like a big like I don't like Oregon doing their stuff. I get that. Like when it comes to like our schools, Bry, I just want classic look. Like go oh, out yeah. there old school with the you know the silver pants and just the red top and just like why you why why black. Of all Unless things, like, Michigan did an all yellow one year, and uh, I think they I lost to Florida, and they haven't done it since. <laughs> all right, Bryce. So, uh, non Cleveland teams, I'm going to I'm going to throw that one out here. We'll go, we'll go with NFL. If you couldn't root for the Browns, who could you root for? So this was a real scenario. This was back in uh, 2005, and not 2005, 95, when the team left, and I was just, you know. My first 10 years of life, I loved the Browns because my dad loved the Browns. So I didn't have the love for them that I have today. So I was looking for another team to root for. Nowadays, if uh, if the Browns left, I probably just wouldn't root for anybody. But I picked three teams, and they were – number three was the Eagles. I don't know why. Okay. Number two was the Panthers, which probably because of their jerseys and because they were new, that's why I rooted for them. And then my number one team was the Vikings. If you remember back to uh, to those days where Randy Moss, Chris Carter, actually probably Chris Carter, believe it or not, Ohio State's Chris Carter 
is the only NFL jersey that I've ever bought that was not a Browns jersey. So oh, I love you. Well, brother. never mind. I take that back because I did have a Bernie Dallas Cowboys jersey that I got okay. for Christmas one year. Um, but that was Browns ties. So yeah, those Vikings teams of the nineties, those were that was kind of the team that I latched on when the Browns left. So like for me, NFL, uh the Chargers back with uh LT and Phillip. I, I loved LT. LT was just mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if LT was in this era of football right now, it, it would be unreal to see what he could do. I, I think he would be like Eric Metcalf. I, I think LT because I think he was still in that still, you know, three down in a cloud of dust. But, you know, another one. Um, next one for me. And I, I was a fan way before I was a Browns fan. Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I was a fan because of Boomer and Icky. Because um, growing up where I grew up at down in southern, well, central Ohio. You know, you don't have a lot of left-handed people that you see. And when you see one on national TV playing football, you kind of get excited. So that's Oh, Boomer left-handed. Boomer was left-handed. I didn't know that. So that's why I rooted for Boomer. And then the other one was McNabb. I had something with McNabb, you know, early on. Those McNabb years there in Philly where he just, he couldn't come over to hump, but he was so good. So good, Bri. Mm -hmm. And you just sit there watching you win the Browns win it. What about, uh, let's go with baseball real quick. Yeah, for some reason, I can't even explain why. In the 90s, I was a fan of uh, the Cardinals. Um, and it was this was even before, like, McGuire took off in 97. Like, maybe early to mid-90s, I loved. Or there were three guys, Ray Gant, Ray Lankford, and Brian Jordan. For whatever reason, I latched onto them, and they were kind of my NL team. So, so they were my baseball team in the nineties. I right. mean, other than other than the Indians, obviously. Yes. Uh, mine, anything King Griffey Jr. Whether it be Seattle, where wherever he ended up, Cincy, King if King Griffey Jr. was on that team, I was rooting for that team, and on a, nice. and and Randy Johnson because I did love that Diamondbacks team with him and Kurt Schilling. Unreal, sure. those two were just unreal. All right, nope. so what we got left. Uh, you got a hockey team? I don't know. No, oh, I do. Pat Pat was giving me a hard time about when I saw him a couple weeks ago that uh he was watching one of our and he was going to chime in about hockey and give you a hard time. But why? Because no time I'm, for hockey here. You go ahead. You got a hockey team because I'm a Red Wings fan. That is probably one of the only Michigan teams I root for. Is the wow, look at you. That's here. I but. But when I started rooting for the Red Wings, it was when their heyday, when they were just winning Stanley Cups, like it was just your pan checks right there. Just early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s with, you know, Fedorov, with Yeiserman, with Chelios, with any. That team was unreal, Bri. And to actually see them in person was even better. So, yeah, sure. Detroit Red Wings is right up there with me. Uh, what about NCAA, Bri? Here's a tough one. You obviously like Tennessee, right? Yeah, I think Tennessee. I think Clemson. I kind of like both of them. Um, <laughs> but I'm not like a die. I'm not going to claim I'm a diehard fan, but I, I think I have a Tennessee hat in there. So, yeah, those would be the ones that if I didn't if I didn't root for the Wolverines. All right. For me, it would be Minnesota because of P.J. Fleck. I just – I don't know what it is about that guy. He's crazy as shit, and I love him. Mm-hmm. And a 
Backup one, obviously West Virginia, and because of my wife, because go sure. me. And then one that will shock you a little bit, Utah. Okay. I kind of I Urban Meyer, not because of Urban Meyer, because Utah has gotten to that point now where they're a really good team. No matter what happens, they're they're a decent team, right? But for the longest time, they reminded me of like Boise State where they would go undefeated, not get recognized, nothing of that nature, not get a chance. And now that they're with the Pac-12, it's kind of different. And I like it in the Pac-12 because they don't play, you know, like what we think of Pac-12 football. They kind of play like a Big Ten, like we got defense, we're going to punch you in the mouth kind of football. And I just, I don't know what it is about the Utah team. I don't don't know what it is, bud, but I do like it. All right, so what else do we got now? We got baseball, NBA, NBA. You got any NBA teams that uh that you oh, kind of root for other than the Cavs? All right, so back in the day, Brian, you can't be upset with me. All right, so back in the back in the day, uh, definitely was a Penny and Shaq fan back in the Orlando Magic days. Sure. Also, you're going to love this one. I love me some white chocolate and Chris Weber. Uh, <laughs> the Kings. Days with Pedro sure. Stoyakovic. I love those teams, right? And then even the old school with uh, John Stockton and Carl Malone, because mm-hmm. it was just those were kind of my teams. I wasn't a Knicks fan. You know, I watched, I loved the Bulls. Obviously, everybody loved the Bulls because it was Michael Jordan. Everybody watched Michael Jordan. It wasn't like, yeah, you're a Cavs fan, but you're looking at it like, man, he is like just something special. But mm-hmm. yeah, those teams, like, those Sacramento Kings teams, especially that Orlando Magic team with Penny, with Horace Grant, when Horace Grant was down there, Shaq before he got all diva like and went to LA. Like just man, that was just a great team to watch. I, I don't what about yeah. you? Who some of your favorite NBA teams? Yeah, I don't really have a strong um team that I really pulled for other than the Cavs, especially in the last, I guess if I'm like you, if I'm going to go way back like nineties, I, I rooted for the Hornets. Maybe it was just the colors, but I think of the Larry Johnson days. I think of Alonzo morning, Muggsy Bogues, those oh, three guys kind of stand Grandma out Ma. in my mind. Grandma, Grandma Ma. Ma. Yeah, that was my Grandma guy. I, I love Larry Johnson. Oh. Um, and then of course Recently, I, I just kind of rooted against teams. Like, you know, I, I think of the Mavaliers, the Mavericks, when they played the Heat in the finals. Yeah. I think of uh, the Raptors when they beat the Warriors in the finals a couple of years ago with Kawhi. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't really root for those teams. Just in that particular series, I was watching those games, pulling for those teams. Yeah, it's unreal how you do that when you start watching. Like, I think everybody that year was a Mavalier. I don't. Oh yeah, I do. But Webb, I like that. Hey, I I remember those years. Like I remember. Oh my God, Bry! I still remember the VH VHS tape that that my dad got me, and it was it was part of the dream team kind of thing, but it was like Charles Barkley, Dominique Wilkins. Um, it was oh yeah, Spurs. Spurs is a really good team too back in the day with. David Robinson and sure Tim Duncan's easy to root for. Yeah. But yeah, I remember watching that VHS tape and just like Michael Jordan was on it. Spud Webb, Dominique, um, 
Charles Barkley. Who else was on there? Doctor J. Like it was. Clyde Drexler. Yeah, man. And I'm I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, what in the world are these? Like, and that was kind of like when my, you know, like I grew up watching Larry Bird and all that stuff when I was younger, but not appreciating like the Lakers and Celtics because I wasn't old enough yet for that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I got into the bad boys, the Bulls, the, you know, uh, Knicks that were really good, the Pacers with Reggie Miller. I grew up in that kind of era of basketball, like Houston Rockets, Drexler and Lajuan. Like, you know, then you get Penny and Shaq, and then you got Stockton and Malone, and then you got, like, all these other teams. It was just unreal how they just that it, it was just as a fan you're just like holy cow you can pretty much root for whoever you wanted to right is there a uh coach that is uh one of your favorite coaches Brian? yeah i mean other than the teams that i root for the only guys i kind of came up with i wrote down and you know maybe it comes as no surprise on why i kind of like um I like Clemson is, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Davo fan. If, uh, if I didn't go to Michigan, I'd probably go to, uh, to Clemson and play for him. I think what is something about him just gets you fired up. I also have down Jay Wright for, uh, college basketball, which I think yes. he retired. Yeah. I think um, but seems like a good dude, good, hell of a coach. Um, and then the other two in the NFL were Andy Reed and, uh, Pete Carroll seemed like good dudes to play for. So mine, obviously, I already said PJ Fleck. I think he, I think he's just nuts. I don't know what the heck is going on with him, but I think he's just crazy. NFL wise, Brian, I get you with uh, Andy Reid, but I would love, love to play for Sean Payton. I think it'd be just mm-hmm. just to pick his brain a little bit to play for Sean Payton. Uh, NBA wise, Phil Jackson has made our list here. Sure, absolutely. All of that. Um, my, and I know everybody else hates him, Steve Kerr. I'd like to play for Steve Kerr. He looks like, he looks like <laughs> that kind of, uh, as a coach, now the team, I hate him, but would I like right. to play for Steve Kerr? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. And then baseball. God, I love Tito. I love yeah. for Tito, but. Honestly, I'd just play on any team that Miguel Cabrera's on. I, I don't care. Who <laughs> Why Miguel Cabrera? Have you, like, just unreal. Like, he is just, he loves the game. He loves to mess with people. He just loves to have fun. Like, just watching him mess with other players, mess with other coaches, talk crap to pitchers, talk crap to the, you know, catcher, and just laugh about it. He doesn't get upset. Nothing of that nature. He just loves the game for the game that it is. And it's just, I get pure joy out of that because you don't find that that often because everybody looks at it as, you know, business. I got to keep my, you know, I got to keep my rep up. I got to, I got to be this guy. And he just is him. He doesn't try to force anything. Just, okay, I'm just going to hit the shit out of this ball. Might make it to first base, not making it to second, but I'm going to make fun of people that don't make it to second. Like, just, you know what I mean? That's a that's a good segue to uh to some of your favorite players that maybe we haven't mentioned. That's right. All right, so I got there Miguel go. Cabrera, Ken Griffey Jr., all time. Right, right. All time. Uh, I 
Ken Griffey was my childhood hero growing up. Uh, it was all like I wanted his batting stance. I wanted to hit home runs like him. I wanted to play center field like him. Like, oh my good lord! Oh, here, Gundy. So I'm a man. I'm 40. Come after me. <laughs> <laughs> How can we forget about that glorious mullet? Oh my lord! But um. <laughs> Also, NBA, um, I was a huge Mark Price. I know we're not supposed to do Cleveland. Mark Price is just my basketball. If it wasn't Mark Price, it would probably be man. It'd probably be either Reggie Miller or White Chocolate. The okay. Other, the other Jason Williams. Right. No who White Chocolate is. Jason Williams. Um baseball football football boomer and if it wasn't boomer icky and if it wasn't icky i don't know why warm moon was one hell killed us i know and then hockey is stevie y i love stevie y brian what about your favorite players i got football i've already talked about chris carter um John Randall was also one of my favorites on those uh, those Minnesota teams. Um, obviously, you could probably guess Tom Brady is going to be in there. And obviously, you could probably guess Tim Tebow is going to be in there. Um, you know, just I, I think I think they're good dudes. They're easy to root for, and uh, they're wildly successful. So all the more reason. And speaking of somebody who's wildly successful and – Kind of when you were talking about Miguel Cabrera, the, the guy that I thought of when you were talking about that kind of boyish love for the game and uh, just wanting to have fun as Brett Favre. I, I did, even even though I was rooting for, um, you know, his rival during that time, you know, you couldn't help but respect him. And you see all these behind the scenes stuff and these mic'd up things. And he's just he's just a big kid out there playing and just joking around with everybody. So. Yeah, I find it hard to believe that anybody could really despise Brett Favre uh, too much after watching that. So he was up there. Guys in, in basketball that I kind of looked up to were guys that kind of had a similar stature to me when I was playing. And, you know, not the tallest guy, but maybe a little bit wider. And uh, you just use that to your advantage. Charles Barkley, loved him playing. Uh, I mentioned Larry Johnson already. Um, so yeah, so guys like that growing up really looked up to them. And for some reason I had probably 20 to 25 baseball cards of Bo Jackson. Oh God! I didn't care about him as a football player much, but as a baseball player, he had the coolest cards and I collected all of them. And I was a big Bo Jackson fan for whatever reason. And I mean, come to find out as I'm growing up, he's probably one of the greatest athletes to ever live. But, um, yeah, I just cared about him playing. I, I can still picture him on the Royals in that uh, powder blue uniform. And, um, yeah, he, he was a fun guy to root for. So, yeah, those are uh, those are kind of the guys that I pulled for growing up. Now, I do have to bring up, when you say short in stature but a little bit thicker, were you thinking tractor trailer? Uh, yeah, of course I was. Absolutely. Yeah, That's why I, I, I think uh, probably in the basement here. I got a tractor trailer jersey. And who was the Neanderthal from Notre Dame that had the buzz cut? That I am, you know who I'm talking about. And I can't. Not big country, not Bryant Reeves. 
It might have been Brian Reeves. Where did he go? I can't remember where he went to college, but um, I thought it was Notre Dame. Maybe he did. You, you played for the Grizzlies like in the mid nineties. Yeah, he always had a flat top with big a little country. Spot yeah. on the back. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The fat guy running down the court. <clears throat> Whenever I think of him, um, I think of and who knows if the story was true or not. But uh, he was he was just some big old redneck, and he had never been on an airplane before. So the first time he was on an airplane, his ears kept popping. And so one of the stewardess told him that, uh, well, some people use gum. And uh, that kind of relieves it. So she walks by 10, 15 minutes later, and he's got gum stuck in his ears. Oh, my Lord. All right, <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that's damn funny. All right, Brian, you ready to get into our top three and close up? That was a great topic, though. I mean, that was. Yeah. I mean, thank you for bringing that one to the table because we had a lot of people chiming in. Um, it's fun to take a trip down memory lane. Well, it just kind of gets everybody an insight of how we act with each other. I mean, yes, we're diehard, you know, Buckeye, Michigan fan. We're diehard Browns fans, but we do root for other people and other teams. Uh, we really do. And we try to, you know, like you love Tim Tebow. Uh, I don't know why you love Tim Tebow, but Tim Tebow is like you're, you have Greatest. a shrine. You have a shrine of him in your room along with Johnny Manziel. And it's fine, Brian. John, Johnny Manziel. So, it's I, mean, fine. I know you're lying. I mean, but, Tim Tebow is the greatest fo- college football player of all time. I don't know if that's debatable. Oh, it's debatable. Two national titles and a Heisman. Well, let's see here. Reggie Bush, probably one of the greatest. <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. uh-huh. no. Nope. Scrub from the records. He, oh, he, he okay. never went there. Yeah. Now that we got nil. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> uh, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, but they stopped giving people the trophy twice. That's the only reason he's the only one. I mean, was it was it? It was either Jameis Winston or Jack Lamar Jackson, or maybe it was Manziel. One of those guys had better numbers. There's the year after they won it, and they still didn't repeat. So they just don't give it to anybody twice anymore. No, well, yeah, because they suck. They're not our <laughs> driven. That's fine. That's fine, Brad. All right. You know, well, we're there. By the way, I got to get your reaction about uh, Scott Frost being fired. Yeah, whatever. I mean, if it makes if it makes I, uh, Nebraska better, then I'm all for it. You know, I think the Big Ten I, is I, better if Nebraska's good. I felt so bad. That man has lost so many one-score games in his career at Nebraska that I don't even think I don't even think Nick Saban has lost that many. Like it in his whole career. Like, it just, <laughs> oh, my Lord, I feel bad for that guy. All right, so let's get into our top three, Brian. We're going to go top three game winners as soon as I bring it up. All right, so top three game winners. Now, I brought this up because Kate York is our bride. We have a kicker. His name Damn is right. Can you guess? What I, how what I tell you, he, he's worth five fourth round picks. You did. You were so excited. And hold on, trivia question again. What's the longest kick by Phil Dawson? I know it's not fifty-eight yards. Um, Actually, 50... it is. It is, is it? 50... And Cade York beat him with 59. <laughs> Phil Dawson was 58? 
Mm-hmm. That was, really? I think it was 58 or 57. Okay. 57. I know. Uh, what was it? Oh, that's what Craig. Uh, yeah. Chase McLaughlin hit a 57 or 58 yard last year, right? Mm-hmm. But Cade York's the only rookie to do it. <laughs> In his first damn game. He went four for four on field goals. I mean, I told you, I mean, this kid's a real deal. I I think personally, I think he could be better than Justin Tucker. I'm not saying he will be, but he could be. Oh, boy, that is bold, Bri. I mean, when you do that in your first game, you know. A minute 20. Let me write that down. Minute 20. Okay. Sure, bold prediction. Yeah. I already got it. Hot take right there. I got it written down. Oh, I, I don't even know if that, I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying he will be. I'm saying he could be. I think, I don't think that's even a hot take because I'm, I mean, go back like and look at Justin Tucker's first game. I guarantee it wasn't that good. Well, that's true, but still clipping that one. I mean, sure. you're putting it next to a Hall of Famer. Please, please do. Yeah. Hall of Famer. All right, Brian. So let's get into our top three game winners. Now, this can be any game winner. You have ever seen, all right? Whether TV, in person, your top three personal game winners that you have seen, all right? Do you want me to go first? Doesn't matter. Go ahead. All right. My number three, it's got to be a high state in Michigan with the the Curtis Samuel run to the end zone. Oh, okay. Oh, where he where he came up short in the game of the first down? Yeah, that one. That one. Okay, yeah, Bri, that one. Bri, uh-huh. Every Bri, everybody makes bad calls. I mean, what yeah, was a bad call? I mean, hey, Bri, Browns what, got a break. Ohio State got a break that day too. I'm, I'm not saying you know they Bri, cheated or anything. My number two was the Phil Dawson doink over the <laughs> right nice. at the base. Hits the base yeah. of the goalpost and rolls right in. That was over the <laughs> Ravens, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I'm I'm just trying to think now. Like I think they they left the field thinking that the Ravens won, and then somebody's like, "Oh, maybe we should take a look at this." And they brought everyone back out. <laughs> All right, and Bry, my number one, and it wasn't. God, it wasn't a game winner, but it was actually it was a game winner. Kyrie, Kyrie throwing that three-point dagger right at the end to give us a championship. I mean, I have a lot of things things happened with the block, everything else, but Kyrie throwing up, and it wasn't even a last-second shot. It was a last-second shot clock shot, but gave them to the point where they could win the championship. So, um, and honorable mention, uh, a lot of Evan Turner – from half court at feet away against Michigan, I think it was. That was the Big Ten tournament. That's all right. He did it again. All right. So, Brian, what about you, bud? Well, well, now I, I crossed that one off. Oh, fine. I got a new number three here. All right. Go and ahead. that's uh, in the NCAA tournament to go to, can't remember if it was the final four or the Elite Eight at the time, Trey Burke going yeah. against. Uh, Top seed of Kansas and mm-hmm. that's phenomenal shot. Yeah, thank you for jogging my memory on that. That was a gives, shot. Gives me goosebumps. Or I, I was also thinking Jordan Poole um, against I think it was Texas Tech or maybe Utah or one of those red teams. Um, 
maybe three or four years ago. Um, half court shot as well, but that wasn't quite as special. Um, okay, so that's three. Number two, <laughs> the first was it the very first win when the Browns came back in 1999. If it wasn't Hail the Mary. first, it might have been the first. Yeah, him couch. New to... Rod Cherry. <laughs> Sorry, Gerard. Uh, was it to Kevin Johnson or who caught that? It was Kevin Johnson Johnson because that was my first experience as a Browns fan. Mm -hmm. I started rooting for the Browns when they came back and it was Kevin Johnson in the end zone because I remember being in my mother's basement going absolutely insane after that catch. Yeah. Oh my Brian, that's a great one. That's great. Kind of how I felt on, uh, on Sunday. I mean, it just brings it all back when, when you win a game that you, you thought you lost, it's just a special uh-huh. feeling. All right. Number, uh, one. number one. I mean, I don't know how you can't have Kyrie up there. It was the only winning moment that has won us a championship in our lifetime. So unless you want, unless you're a giant Cleveland crunch fan or something like that, and you want to pull one of those moments out, the only championship I've seen is thanks to Kyrie Irving, which is kind of funny to say now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now he's crazy and just crazy. Right, right. All right, guys, I can't thank everyone. And it was Kevin Johnson. God, what a game. Kevin what Johnson. A, thank Craig. What a game. Like, I, I'm just picturing it now. I can still picture it right now. And there it was. Like, I, that will ever be in, you know, just stitched right in my memory, Bri. It, right, just, all right. <sighs> Thank you for bringing that one up. How did I miss that one of all things? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we do have some giveaways we're going to be giving away. And the fat guy and big bright will be back out on the road. Uh, we don't know where we're going yet, but we will be back out. And when we do go live, you will know it first. Uh, I'll probably be here in the next few weeks. Once uh, football season really takes hold. And things kind of slow down for both of us at work. But we will get out. Uh, Nick Carnes and all those guys were at Platform Beer Company. They had a blast out there. Cool. So we're going to be doing stuff like that. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, please stay tuned for T-shirt giveaways from the APA. And also gift card giveaways from the APA. Uh, Harold Kiel hooked us up with a whole bunch of merchandise to give away. So on that note, Bri, hey, it's Victory Tuesday. I like that. All right. Hold on. What are you drinking? (laughs) You're all out. I ran out out of beer, so I had one of these white Russians that my wife had. She doesn't drink them because they are 14% alcohol in that bad boy. Nice. Yeah. I got me the uh, big bottle of Fireball here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm all out, though. That's all right. Well, cheers. Here's to a Browns victory, bud. Yeah. All right. Brian, God bless him. God bless you. God bless America. I am that fat guy. We want to thank our troops and first responders for everything you guys do. Thank you guys so much for what you do. We appreciate it. We really do. And on that note, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded, and we are out. Go Browns.